Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I created Data Mesh Radio to be a resource for Data Mesh practitioners the world over. This is a weekly summary episode where I share a bit about the upcoming week's episodes and give you an extended summary for any interviews or panels that will be released during that week. It's designed to help you decide what episodes you might want to spend the full time to listen to, as interview episodes and panels are typically more than one hour long. In general, if you were running up against any challenges with Data Mesh, I'm here to help. I started a company around doing just that, Data Mesh Understanding. So get in touch if I can be of help. Check out our free community programs and things like that as well. Weekly episode summaries and programming notes for the week of August 13th, 2023. So I just recovered from a near computer fatal level crash. So turn on those restore points, people. The weekly roundtables with Jean-Georges Perrin have been going great. I think we've done five or six now. I really encourage people to join even if it's just to listen in. You don't have to participate. Throwing in questions in the chat is great too. I'm also participating in a vendor event this week called the Great Data Debate, and it's from Atlan, and it's all about you know data mesh and modern data stack, but mostly data mesh. It should be fun, and I will be my usual snarky self. So join the roundtables. We are off this week, but back after that, and potentially check me out on the Great Data Debate. So what's on tap for this week? On Monday, we have episode 248, Doing Data Quality Right by Building Trust with Ale Cabrera. So Ale works as a product manager around data quality at a company that actually sells data. She has some pretty good insights here about what it takes to create a data product that people depend on, that they rely on, and actually then manage that as a product, not just as a data set. There are a lot of good tips in this one, especially about how just taking a good and healthy approach to creating data products and to communication around data and how do you actually do that in a scalable way, but also in a high empathy way, but in a productized way. You'll learn a lot from this one. On Friday, we have episode 249, which is your max corner number 27, creating truly scalable interconnectivity for data. So some key takeaways from this one. And in, in this part of the conversation, we, we talked a lot about how we can drive towards her bigger vision around data mesh what real interconnectivity around information within the organization and without means. You know, not just that simple interoperability, but scalable interconnectivity within and across other organizations. We definitely need an upgrade to the available tooling and standards, but neither have started to really emerge yet. And the standards and toolings need to be somewhat intertwined for either to work all that well, you know, kind of at more scale and provide great leverage. There's a lot of kind of interesting nuance in her view on that one. So I think you'll enjoy both episodes. So with that, on to the extended summary for Ally's episode.
extended summary for episode 248, Doing Data Quality Right by Building Trust, an interview with Ale Cabrera. So in this episode, I interviewed Ale, who's a senior data quality product manager at Clearbit. To be clear, she was only representing her own views on the episode. Ale started with a bit about her career and what led her to focus on data quality, including what led her to her current role. On advice to her past self, in one of her past roles, a lead engineer gave her enduring advice. Think before you code. (laughs) Oftentimes in data, people jump to trying to solution immediately instead of really taking the time to understand the problem and look at the various potential solutions to choose one that will work better in the long run. She also said to respect the data when considering quality. You can get data to tell a story that it isn't really reflecting. And it's not reflecting that reality of of what's going on. So you have to give data the respect to not shape it to tell what she called statistical lies. Another important aspect of data work for Ale is focusing on the voice of the customer and the why. What is the user telling you? What are the pain points? You can build the best solution, but if it isn't what the customer wants, they probably won't use it. Look at all the amazing data platforms out there that barely anyone uses. Focusing on the why, why are people looking at this data or trying to address this challenge? That will keep you from trying to solution instead of meet the customer where they are and help them solve the business challenge, not just solve a challenge about something related to data. As a data person, the point of your job is not to do data work. It is to unblock teams, projects, people, things like that, and add value. Yes, you do that through data work, but the work itself isn't the point. When trying to prove return on investment for data work, Ale believes it's important to tie it to a key business metric, something like our data quality improvement from 98% accuracy to 99% percent accuracy will mean a decrease in churn by 5%, netting the company X amount of additional revenue. In her case, she is attaching the data quality work to reducing churn because it is a key metric and it is intrinsically linked to data quality in a company that sells <laughs> data, right, like Clearbit does. For Ale, an important aspect of establishing yourself as an internal expert on data quality is tying the data work to value. What actually matters for the company? Improving data quality for something that drives 1% of revenue so that thing grows 25% is not as much of an increase as improving something that is 10% of revenue so it grows 3%, right? But the business might even favor one over the other. You kind of have to ask what matters most to the business and why. It might be that that 1% of revenue thing is the most important future driver for the company. So you want to focus there. What matters? What matters and why? Ali shared a story about why it's so crucial to get people actually in a space exchanging context and information instead of just exchanging the ones and zeros of data. She was working on a project involving two teams and, you know, she was on one side and neither side had ever met each other despite being months into the project in in the same general location, just kind of two different uh, buildings. The data quality uh, from, you know, that Ali's team was getting was terrible. It was seeming like half the data was wrong or, or missing. So 
the when they got into a room, the other side asked about what was happening when they were pulling data from both servers. Her team only knew about one of the servers. So, you know, get in the room, virtual or physical, and actually communicate with each other because there's so many of these hidden things that you might not have known to ask. I'm in the middle of an immigration process, and the number of things I don't know to ask is so high and <laughs> dealing with lawyers that don't think to say, and remember to do this, even though you know, I wouldn't have known, it's, it's really, really high and really frustrating. Trust is the most crucial aspect of data quality work for Ale. If you have the best quality data, but people don't trust it enough to use it, then it's still really not a value. People aren't using it to drive anything, then the data is just the data. And trust is often built more through relationships than anything else. You can see Beth Bauer's episode uh, 218. She talked a lot about how to build trust and how much that's through relationships. What is the purpose of the work if not to drive an outcome? If there isn't trust, can you really contribute significantly to an outcome with the data? The way to think about trust is a combination of, I called it, quote, credibility, reliability, and intimacy by self-orientation. She uses interviews specifically as a good way to measure trust as time goes along. And that also encourages users to actually say something back to her if they see an issue, which also increases trust after an issue. You're not losing as much trust and you're quick, quicker to rebuild that trust. Listening to people is just a fundamental building block of driving trust. When asked about if you lose credibility when telling data consumers to immediately flag any issues as you know to the data producer, Ali was clear that in data, m mistakes happen. Nothing is ever perfect. So it's crucial that we can have conversations and tell people to speak up if they see quality issues. Recognizing that there will be data issues doesn't mean you are sloppy with data, only that you are realistic. Being aware and reacting quickly to, to issues also means consumers can be more sure that an anomaly that they see or a change in the data is actually something real, and they can use that to react more quickly themselves because they know that this data is being watched. They understand that if something were wrong, more than likely somebody would have seen it earlier, and so they're more likely to go, okay, I don't have to you know, verify this for a week before I believe it. I can move more quickly. You know, recognizing you will make mistakes and working quickly to rectify those mistakes builds trust. It's just part of human interaction. For Ali, there is a tendency in data for delivering overkill and or something the other party has difficulty trusting. Providing a dashboard for someone who wants to see the actual data is just not that helpful. Many pe meet people where they are while you upskill them to do better, even if where they are is right now in Excel or Google Sheets. Ale talked about switching to the product mindset in data. If you are building you know, these amazing things, but no one is using them, are they really all that great? Is what makes something great the output or the impact? A good way to get to impact is focusing on acceptance criteria. What would make the user happy and what are they actually expecting? In wrapping up, Ale shared a bit about how to become a good product manager and her thoughts on how crucial prioritization is to actually applying data product thinking. How specific should you get with a solution 
is a very tough question, but you can start by asking what is the expected impact versus a more generic solution. Hopefully it sounds like some awesome episodes for you coming up this week. As a reminder, feel free to get in touch if I might be useful in your data mesh journey, helping quite a few organizations and introducing people to each other, plus doing some roundtables. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information. I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. Now on to that fun, funky little outro music.